Hello and welcome to Destigmatized. My name is Adam Cavillan. I am here with Brittany Hillier. Did I pronounce your last name right? Hillier? Yes. Okay. I don't think I've ever said that out loud before. When I say it out loud, I'm like, oh. Um, Brittany is a uh, friend and fellow MSW student with me. Uh, Hi, Brittany. How's it going? Hi. It's good. It's going. Good. I'm pretty good. Um, I mean, it's I every time someone asks me that question, I'm always just like, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird time. I'm never like actually it's good. It's just like this. What's that? It feels weird to say good. Right. Right. Too real. Exactly. It's like um. It's like good on like the relative scale of what good means right now. <laughs> Exactly. I just assume they know what I mean. Like, not great, but living. Yes. You know. Yeah, I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. So um, I always start with the question um, of where you first either learned about mental health or like started experiencing your own mental health issues, like really wherever you want to start, wherever feels natural. Yeah. um, I first learned about mental health when I was, I don't know, maybe like late teens, um, because my dad has depression and I never really understood it until I was a little bit older. Um, and my mom would like talk with me about it and like, he would talk with me about it. Um, but when I was younger, I think there were like some phases where I remember my dad being like, happier than other times and it made more sense when I was older because I was like oh we were going through this um so that's when I kind of learned about it um and then I would say personally I started to realize like oh my mental health is a thing (laughs) um is probably when I was um dancing after I'd like been dancing professionally for a little while. Um, I would say like a couple years in actually like a year or two, um, is when I really started to think about it as it relates to myself. Right. So what, what was it, um, when you started dancing that like made you start thinking about it? Um, kind of a multitude of things, but I, I mean, you always are sort of playing mental games with yourself, like dance in general or ballet especially is very um, like hypercritical and um, you're constantly analyzing yourself and analyzing yourself in comparison to someone else and trying to meet expectations, you know, by your teacher or um, whatever it may be. And it just felt so natural to be doing that all the time, just constantly like looking in the mirror and going, Oh, I hate this, 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 and this got to fix this and this. So-and-so is this in comparison. Like it just felt so natural and I never thought it was an issue. Like I just was like, well, this is how it works. Like everyone is thinking the same thing. And then when I, so I'm, I moved here when I was 16 to New York um, to dance and I went to a dance school and um, 
you know, everyone is in the same sort of position and age and really, really motivated for this one career path. And so the way of thinking is just very much like common amongst everyone. But then once you leave that environment and sort of, you know, have some outside experience, you start to realize like not everybody thinks like that. <laughs> like, um, not, I mean, everyone is critical of themselves, but like some wild thoughts that you have on the regular, you realize not everyone is thinking about that. Um, and so then I started to realize, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> like, um, and, and then I guess a couple things happened where, so I was, I had my first like major injury about a year and a half into, um, like after I graduated from this, from high school and this um, ballet training school, I started dancing professionally. And about a year and a half in, I had my first like major injury. And so I was out for like six to seven months. And it was the first time that I had ever not danced every single day in my life. Like it was just, I woke up and went to a dance class every day of my life. You know, it was, it was the first time where I, I really had a moment to sit with myself. <laughs> and um, I, a lot of things, sort of hit me during that time. And I really was able to gather perspective on the career in general. And um, like I started taking more classes. I was going part-time um, at Fordham at the time and started taking more classes and just like integrating myself into a different culture, um, I guess you could say. And was very happy and very like my anxiety was down in a certain way. Like I just, I felt like this sense of like, like I don't like these thoughts that I was having every day that like, I don't have to have them right now. And, um, and then I was also like, why did I ever have them? Like, why are we so insane about this one career as much as I loved it and do love it still like I just I sort of was like it's not everything you know and it it helped me have some perspective on that which I think is really important um for anyone in a career yeah um I, I feel like I'm talking a lot <laughs> no you brought up like a lot of things that I wanted to touch on um but first I want to go back to like, what, you know, the things I'm curious about the things that you were experiencing, um, like the types of thoughts that you were having when that, like that you thought were normal and then maybe in retrospect, like were it normal and kind of like what that felt like for you. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'll take a step back. I don't want to say normal and not normal because I don't like that language, but just like things that felt maybe unhealthy for you. Yeah. Um, well, first, like body image and 
eating habits are a major um, thing. And there are many, obviously, levels and aspects to that. But like it says, it sounds so crazy to say out loud now, but I think a lot of people would think the same thing. Um, I, you know, constantly think about what you're eating, um, counting calories. Like I, to this day, know the number of calories in any item of food you ever show me. Like it's ingrained in my brain and as much as I wish it wasn't, like I just can't, it's just like common knowledge to me now. Um, and this sort of comparison of not even a, on like level of talent or skill, um, but like, oh, that person's, you know, legs are longer than mine. Oh, that person's feet are better than mine. Oh, her arch is really good. I need to work on that. And then you would obsess over this one thing. And then you'd be like, oh, her waist is smaller than mine. Oh, but my waist is smaller than so-and-so. So this gives me confidence. Like, it's really messed up. Um, and just like that thought about every little thing. And it's weird because when we were training, um, you're kind of all in competition with each other. Is even though you're you've all come to this one school from around the world and like there are 50 of us and we're so excited and it's a really exciting time, but then you really get into it and you realize you're all kind of competing um, for a job, essentially. Like where you go, like, so this training school is the, the training school for New York City Ballet. And you can only get into that company if you go to this training school. But the training school is a great high level school for any ballet company. Like you're already sort of at the top of the list if you're here. Um, but of course, everyone who goes wants to be in New York City Ballet. Like that is the, that's sort of what you're all competing for. And it's weird because my best friends are from this period of time. Like, so, it, and we all look back on it and just love to reminisce <laughs> um, and then talk about therapy. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's such a weird time. And so you're constantly having these conflicted feelings of like, oh my God, this is my best friend, my roommate, and we're going through this whole thing together. But then in the studio, you're comparing each other. You know, you're like, oh, she got more corrections in class today than I did. And the teacher notices her more than me and she's going to get a spot or I'm not. It's just, it's really, and then you have this weird, you know, naturally some sort of like resentment and you know it's not good but it's also like unavoidable um yeah so those are the kind of thoughts and like conflicted feelings that I would have on a normal basis like and even I don't know this just is might not be like a normal thing but like just walking I would remember like I would hold my stomach in and my writ like like I was in a ballet class the entire time because I was like I cannot let anything go <laughs> like I would just walk down the street like that and think that was like everyone does that and now I'm like super relaxed and chill when I walk but I mean it's a silly thing but it's, it's just something that I thought about 
every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's so, I feel like ballet, it's almost like a, uh, like everyone kind of knows it as like a really competitive thing, right? It's like, a, it's almost like a stereotype. Like, yeah, there are tons of stereotypes that come with it that, you know, to an extent are certainly true. Yeah. What do you think, um, I mean, you talked about how you're like competing, but it seems like it brings out like this unique thing with comparison and like there are like these certain metrics that you can like physical metrics that you point to that start to like define your value what do you think it is about like the culture of ballet that does that um it's just how it's taught to you i think you know even as if you're five years old in class you know certain things like your legs can be good or bad like they can be good and look a certain way and they can look a different way and just fundamentally not be good for ballet and so right from the start you are thinking about that and so then it comes with literally every single thing like down to your finger and so that's kind of how it starts um and then it's just as you get older teachers will like you they're always like you need to be perfect you need to reach this you like that's your constant struggle and you're never perfect obviously but you know that your teacher becomes this like figure of like they will give me validation like that is the only thing and if I I don't get validation from this person today it's it's been a bad day like a very bad day and so that's kind of how it starts and then you get more serious with it and then you have these teachers who are making really big decisions about your career and then you have a you know an artistic director of a company who is doing the same thing so like once you get out of school you get into a company and then they are judging you making decisions about your career and like and not everyone's opinion is the same I could think one dancer is absolutely beautiful and someone else may not. And so it's a really, cause at a certain point, everyone is extremely talented, but it is, it's like flavor of the week, which sounds really silly, but it, I mean, that's sometimes people would say it. like, it's a, it's a joke, but it really is. It's like what makes someone different from the other when you're at the same level. Right. How do you move on, or I guess, have you moved on from that? Like the idea and uh, kind of pattern of comparing yourself to other people. Um, it seems like it's, it gets so ingrained in that environment. Like, is that something that you needed to do work to um, overcome or did it just happen naturally or do you still do it? I mean, I think, I still do it to an extent, but I, I think that's like normal with everyone probably. Um, but I kind of hit a, a bit of a breaking point where um, after my injury, I came back and started like training and rehabbing to start dancing again. And at that time, 
I had obviously not been dancing for like six or seven months and I had gained weight and my body did not look like it did when I was dancing every day of the week. Um, which I mean, I look back now and I'm like, you were beautiful, <laughs> but like, but I mean, it's just a natural thing that happens with everyone, but I came back and, um, about three weeks after I had gotten back, I had a meeting with our artistic director at the time. They called the meeting, not me. Um, and essentially had a fat talk, you could say. Um, it was like, your body doesn't look the same as, you, as it did when you were 18 and you got in, you know? And I was like petrified, like all of a sudden, all of these inner feelings of comparison and fear and, you know, self-criticism were just like realized in my face by the person who I would want least to realize them. Um, and I, you know, and then they were asking like, did you start any new medications like birth control or, you know, what do you think it is? Like, and, and really, like this might be TMI, but I got my period for the first time during that period of being out. And I was 20, 21, almost 21. Like that's, and it's very late. And I was really excited at the time because I was worried about it. Um, but I realized I just like went through puberty, you know, like that just happens. <laughs> um, and especially when you're not doing as much athletic work as you normally are have been your whole life. So anyways, I was, that was a really terrible time. <laughs> and I left that meeting and was just like, not in a good place and very, very, um, you know, like so much anxiety about now even going into take class every day. It's like, oh my God, if this person is thinking that, then literally everyone in the company is thinking that and I want to die. Like I am so, so embarrassed. And so instead of my normal attitude was like some confidence with my dancing and like trying to stand in the front and trying to be noticed. Like it's just, and being really enjoying class or rehearsal. I started standing in the back and wearing a ton of clothes and just, wanting zero attention, like, do not look at me. Um, and then that sort of started like this period of disordered eating where I would like not eat anything and then I would eat everything and then I would not eat anything. And it just, and then I would have anxiety the next day and like not go to class or something because I was like, oh my God, I ate pizza last night. Like I cannot go to class. Like I, everyone's gonna think I'm fat. Like, it's just, it was a really tough time. And I mean, eventually I like lost a couple of pounds and my body just didn't look the same as it did when I was 18. It just was like my bone structure just changed and it's how it is the rest of my life. And that is how it's gonna be. So I was constantly like fighting my body to be less than where I was at. Um, and I guess about a year later, I finally 
realized, like this was after a bunch of things and I realized, okay, oh my gosh, I don't have to do this. <laughs> like, what a thought, you know, like I don't, like I was having so much anxiety going into the studio and rehearsing. I mean, it was just like crippling almost like every single day for a year and a half. And, um, oh, and I was in my meeting. It was, it was pretty much like, if you don't lose weight, we're not renewing your contract. So I did get my contract, but it was like, I mean, I still, I lost weight, but I wasn't at the same place. And I also at that point was just like, so not happy and so miserable. I was like, this brings me so much anxiety. Like I don't even have passion for it anymore. Um, but once I realized that that's okay, you can, I also didn't know how to handle it. Like I was very much to myself about all of these feelings aside from like my close friends and then eventually like my family um, because it was, it was like a letdown, you know, like for myself, but also my family who like gave everything to get me here and were so excited for me and wanted the best for me. Um, and I wanted to make them really happy. And obviously they're happy if I'm happy, but at the time it was, it was like, oh my God, I'm not able to handle this. And like, what am I going to do? Like, this is it for me. And if I don't handle it, then like, what else is there? What can I do? Um, so it took me a long time to face that and then recognize it. But I still was like, I'm not talking to anyone like professionally, because again, that's also not really suggested in the ballet world. Um, it's almost seen uh, like as a weakness, I would say that like, if you're not mentally tough enough or strong enough to get through anything, like that's not good, <laughs> you're weak. Um, and so eventually I was like, all right, this is not, this is it. Like I cannot do this anymore and be happy. And so that was sort of when it, like this huge relief came over me. And the last, like I made a decision or I was like really close to positive that I would leave at the end of our season that year, which was like six or seven months later. And all of a sudden I had all the confidence in the world. I was just like, I'm going to enjoy these last six months. And it was great. Like I just was like a different person and really didn't care what anyone thought. Cause it's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> or I'm going to be so much happier because everyone is there also like not everyone is super, super happy. <laughs> you know, I, everyone is really struggling through their own thing. And I was just happy that I had made this decision for myself. And, you know, despite everything that I went through, I was just really happy. And so that was, I would say that was the first moment. I think that was your question. I, yeah, it's a twisted road. Yeah. I mean, I, so 
the only thing I was like thinking if I've ever experienced anything in my life like that. And I, so I wanted to go to medical school for a few years. Yeah. And when I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore, it was like the hardest decision ever. And I went through like so much, just like being able to come to terms with that idea that it was something I didn't want to do anymore. So I'm just like trying to put myself in your shoes and imagine, you know, that commitment that you made and like how difficult that decision must have been for you. And I, I, yeah, I just can't imagine like how much strength it takes to move past that. No, I mean, it's just like that, you know, like you set your mind on something and it, and you're really devoted to that thing. But as soon as you realize like in your gut that that's not what you want to do, it is, it's so hard to do it, you know, (laughs) because yeah, you had yourself set on it for so long. Yeah. Was it instant for you? Like that, uh, release, like that, that relaxation that came with like understanding that, you know, this wasn't the thing that made you happy anymore. Or was, did it take time? Was there like a grieving process at all? Um, it wasn't immediate, but as I started like, um, I guess, making myself realize it more and more, I started to feel better about it and okay about it. And then I would say the grieving process was really after I left. Like that was a huge period of like major ups and downs because I had wanted nothing to do with it for like six or seven months. I was like, this thing made me so unhappy and sad <laughs> and just I want nothing to do with it I don't want to go to the gym because the only reason I go to the gym is to like get an extra workout in and be skinny and all of these things and so I just avoided all of it I was like I'm just gonna live as if I never experienced any of it and I did and I eventually was like okay like you gotta rein it in <laughs> like like you do not feel good and you know just start realizing things that do make you feel good and that's why you should start doing whatever it is like eating healthy or going to the gym or you know whatever it might be but also when that time came of realization my roommate at the time was like come and take this ballet class with us and it was my I had two roommates at the time and they had both moved from Florida to dance as well, but they were doing auditions and stuff. And I was like, I'm not taking a dance class. Like, no way. And they're like, just do it. It'll be fun. You know, this one class that they were talking about, it is a super open, just class that is made to make you feel good. Like you can do as much as you want or as little as you want. The teacher is incredible. And anyways, so I went and after I took the class, I just like started crying because I was like, oh my God, I love ballet. <laughs> like, I actually do love this thing. Um, and so that was a very happy moment. I realized like, okay, I can love this for what it is. Um, and yeah, I still love it. And I think it's beautiful. And I, I go to the ballet and I have friends who are still there. Like, it just that was a, that whole transition process was very weird. And I think everyone kind of goes through that when they 
stop doing anything. You know, it's like there's a transition process and how your mind copes with it is fascinating, I have to say. Like, it just, and watching now friends who have left as well and they've gone through their own transition from ballet into whatever it is that's next for them. And I'm like, oh, I did that. Like, it's okay. You can do that. It's fine. Like, you'll get through it. You need to do that. So it's just, that was, I would say, the grieving period in a sense. Right. Yeah, no, that's so incredible that you were able to, like, go back and enjoy it on your own terms. Yeah. Do you think that, like, because, you know, there were so many, it sounds like there was so much tox- toxicity in, in the way that, like, you were kind of forced to think about everything, you know, growing up, kind of, like, competing all the time, comparing yourself to others. Was there any... Was there any like residue of that? Like, do you, do you still have those habits in any way? Have you had to like overcome any of those things? I mean, it sounds like you've made a lot of progress in that area, but I'm just curious if like you still feel that stuff and if you've had to do any work to kind of like break those habits. Yeah, I think as soon as you start having some perspective on things, you stop. Or for me, at least I was like, I don't need to compare myself to this person, it's pointless. Like, there's literally no need for it. And if I, you know, I feel more negative when I do do that. And I mean, I think that, you know, thoughts come in here and there that are like self-critical, but I'm also very much like, it's okay. Like I'm much easier on myself, um, which I don't know, I think is a good thing, but. Um, much easier on myself than I was. And then I, I encourage others. I'm like, you don't need to do that to yourself. Like I try to, you know, instill that in my, I don't know. I'm like, everyone should just love themselves. I feel like that's the best. I mean, (laughs) yes. It also, part of it is, I mean, that's the reason I wanted to start you know, going back to school and for social work and mental health is because I'm like, imagine if these dancers had some support with mental health, you know, I mean, there's like very little mental health support in the world, ballet world. And if there is, you know, someone on staff, like they are not very well promoted to people. Um, you of course have your nutritionist and your um, Pilates teacher and your physical therapy, but for the brain where it's, everything is happening, um, there's really nothing. And I feel like if some, if people were just happier or more confident, I feel like people's careers would be different. And I, you know, a lot of times I think injury comes from, you know, things that are mental ultimately because you're pushing too hard on your body to try and like reach this goal or whatever it may be. And then you get injured and, you know, if someone was there to help you through that in the beginning, you maybe would have stopped when you should have and taken two weeks and then been able to go back full force and like, but instead you're, you're on your own and you aren't, good at helping yourself. So, um, I, you know, I think that 
there needs to be more of that. So. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I mean, everyone needs that in life. Like it's, especially in those types of situations, it's so hard to be uh, objective and, and understand like what you really need. And everyone goes through different versions of that in their life. But yeah, I think it, it's just like a testament to how important uh, like outside support is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to, I want to go back to like when you, when you first got the injury um, and you like were out for, how long were you out for? Um, I think it was six or seven months. Yeah. Was there, cause I, I think like the idea of having time away from certain things that, and it could be anything that like generally encompasses your life, just like taking a break from those things in any form can be really healthy. So I'm wondering, did you start thinking about, you know, life not doing ballet at that point? Or was it like when you took that time off or when, when you got injured, were you still like, oh my God, I need to get better? Um, what, what was your thought process there? Um, I think at the beginning and probably through most of it, I never considered not going back or anything. Um, I was very much focused on like, you know, as soon as I could rehabbing and getting back to it. Um, and then I guess when I was in school more, I started to just have like thoughts here and there of like, Oh, what would it be like to do this full time? (laughs) Like go to college. Um, and thoughts were there, but it was never anything where I was like, definite about you know it was sort of just playing with it but I was like but I'm not gonna do that like no that's not what I want to do um yeah yeah were did you feel like any relief at all like being away from that world for a little bit or did you still feel like very much plugged in and a part of it I felt some relief I actually really was not like when I was injured I did not go to the theater very often or like I, my roommate at the time danced as well with me. And so I saw obviously her all the time um, and would go see shows here and there. But like, I just, I think it was out of fear of like, what are people going to think of me? I don't know. It's this weird feeling. You just want to stay as far away as possible because you're like, I'm not my best right now. And so therefore I'm just going to stay away. And because of that, I did feel some relief that I could just do that. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was, and like, I still tried to work out. Like I would spend hours on the elliptical in a giant boot and just all day. And I'd be like, but this is fine. Like I had relief from it because I was like, I can do this and nobody's judging me really. I mean, they're making fun of me probably because I have a boot, but I don't have to put a leotard on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that idea of just like, you know, even when you're in the throes of something and even if like, you're not planning on leaving that thing or uh, if you, even if you want to do that thing for the rest of your life, just like taking a break can feel so important and necessary. And yeah. Um, it doesn't like mean anything about like 
your passion for the thing or, you know, it does, it does it. And I think a lot of people are afraid of that as well as like, if they're afraid to like take a class at school or something while they're dancing, because is their devotion going to be as strong or I don't know. I, I was like, I didn't have a boyfriend ever while dancing because I was like worried that it would distract me and or you know much of a social life <laughs> but beyond people that I worked with um and I mean even that it was probably not that social anyways um I think that a lot of people worry about that it's just which is not it doesn't mean that you know it doesn't it doesn't mean it, if anything it should help or strengthen your feelings towards your career. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, and again, it's so hard. Like it's easier said than done. Like it's so hard to look outside yourself in those moments and like know that that's the best thing when, I mean, I've just, I like I've been in situations before where I'm like, if I'm not like doing this a hundred percent of the time and like using all my energy like for this one thing it means that i then that means i don't care about the thing right right? Mm -hmm. yeah which is a weird uh, thing that we get brainwashed to think (laughs) it is we're approaching the end but this was a really really wonderful conversation and i would love to well first i would love to hear if there was anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention or discuss um I don't think so. Okay, cool. Um, And the last thing is, uh, do you have any general advice, um, life advice, advice for people who went through something similar? Um, I would say, you know, never question how you're feeling because it's valid and it's okay. Like no matter how you're feeling, um, instead of sort of trying to suppress it or whatever it may be, or fix it on your own, I feel like acknowledging it and then taking a step forward to address it or however you feel is correct. Um, you know, is should be an option in your mind. I feel like a lot of times, I don't know, you don't really want to admit something to yourself or, I don't know that I guess that would be my advice no that is (laughs) I mean I needed to hear that (laughs) so that's so hard to do this is different and totally normal and fine I don't know if normal is the right word but like it's amazing everyone's experience is valid and perfect and how it's supposed to be yes I love no that's amazing I love that message great well Thank you so much, Brittany. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. This is fun.